0: So I'm curious, what do you think we saw more of in this movie, flannel or denim? Of- <laughs> I mean, Canadian stereotypes is what takes the cake, I think, on this bad boy. But I think denim had the hands-down lead on attire in this movie. Yeah, we were a few Canadian tuxedos for sure. Rob Lowe is rocking one at one point as well. But you yourself mentioned how there was a lot of flannel, both shirts and pants, which you don't see that often. Yeah, I think maybe flannel pants more often could be a thing. I think I'm on teen... Flannel over team denim. I own more flannel. Well, of for course, sure. you are. You grew up in the grunge era. You're a big <laughs> flannel guy. Come on. That's true. And I guess we do have a lot of pajama pants for uh, our flannel representation, but we don't wear them out in public that often. Welcome to Bad Movies and Beer. I'm Cooper. And I'm Nolan. And uh, this flannel versus denim conversation is the result of the movie that we have watched today a film called Young Blood, a movie about hockey in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada in the 1980s. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know how we got here. I'm not sure why this got made. I'm a little bit confused. Was hockey kind of breaking out as a, a huge thing at the time in America? Well, I mean, like in the early 80s, you had like the Miracle on Ice, right, with the USA hockey team. But this came out in like 86, so we're a little bit past that. Unless it was just in development for a long time, waiting for the right series of hot young actors to take over. Well, they found them. That is maybe the bright spot in this entire film is the hot young actors who are portraying our Hamilton Hockey Mustangs. That's right, and we are going to talk all about them along with the uh, quality of the hockey scenes itself. And speaking of which, we have a very special guest star today joining us in the studio, one of my good friends and the biggest hockey fan I know, who better to provide expert analysis here, then uh, my friend Kyle. Kyle, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. It's nice to watch a movie where they skate slower than I do.
0: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, welcome, Kyle. It's it's fun to have you here. We've had a couple special guests on here. It's always a good time when we invite others in. Neither Cooper or I are big hockey guys, so we needed to call in a little bit of backup here, and Kyle's going to be sort of our, our hockey expert. He has... Lots of fun opinions as we watch it together. So I look forward to uh, to some of those being shared with us here on the podcast. Also very appropriate that you're here for our 99th episode since you are an enormous Wayne Gretzky fan. Number 99, I think this is just, you know, meant to be.
1: Yeah, it's pretty kismet actually.
0: There you go. I think definitely Wayne Gretzky was partially the inspiration for our main character in this movie. They definitely took No, come on. There's no chance. What are you talking about? 100% he was. Absolutely. All right, fair enough. You are the expert. I will defer right there.
1: They gave him the terrible helmet that Wayne Gretzky wears, and he also scored 92 goals, which is the career single. Very Gretzky Gretzky uh, number. It is the... Most goals ever scored in an edge all season. Okay. So I don't think they did that by
0: accident. Jesus Christ. This is already paying off having you here. This is where I didn't do it. And he also did that same kind of like training on his own in his backyard kind yeah, of thing. That was... was the Gretzky that's why he was known to be the best, right? And his celebration was just the standard two arm raise that Wayne Gretzky Wayne Gretzky only really known for his celebrations, right? No, he was. Didn't he have like the one knee in the arm at quite a bit? Wasn't that one you of Wayne's? Was Tiger friends? Woods? <laughs> yes i've really confused my sports here <laughs> all right well uh another reason that we have kyle joining us today kyle actually has a connection to the beer we are drinking you know the person who like started this craft beer correct
1: i do yeah i have uh, a friend that i met um growing up that decided he was going to start brewing a beer and it's um very apropos for this because the can itself is an actual hockey jersey
0: And the name of the beer is Locker Room Lager by the Post Game Brewing Company, although they may be rebranding, so the name might possibly be changing. We don't really know. Yeah, it's a mystery. (laughs) All right. Well, I kind of hope you know more about this, but hey, no, that's all good. Uh, We were luckily able to find some cans. We drank this at your wedding, actually.
1: Yeah, it was actually perfect for the wedding. It, It tasted good. Everyone liked it. And if this is half as much fun as that was, we're in for a treat.
0: There you go. Crushable, as I recall. Very crushable. One of our friends crushed a lot and then made one of the bartenders feel uncomfortable. That is accurate.
1: (laughs) It got crushed more than Miss McGill.
0: Oh, hey now. All right, we'll get into that in just a minute. So this is exciting. Um, I haven't had this before. I know both of you have drank it. It seems like a pretty traditional lager, as far as I can tell here, reading and, and looking into it. I love that the can has all kinds of like hilarious hockey stuff on here talks about dumping it and chill and then it talks about the grinder and the sniper and the bench boss so we got some really good hockey connections also the art is quite good so i'm interested to see what direction they're changing this do you think a hockey beer would be pretty successful amongst hockey fans in canada
1: i think it goes back to what cooper said like they're they're rebranding i think so i don't know where
0: i don't know hopefully they come back soon but uh you know in the meantime we'll enjoy these And if by the time you're hearing this or in the future, they have come back with their uh, new branding, check it out and enjoy. And hopefully we'll enjoy this too. You want to crack it open and get into this? Absolutely. All right, let's do it. So we open with some grainy footage of kids playing pond hockey. These scenes include a couple of goals, some truly atrocious goalie work, and a shoving match at the end that transitions us to an amazing opening credit sequence. The synth, the guitar solo, the smoky shots of Rob Lowe skating around a dark arena. I don't know about you guys, but I was all in at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was interesting because we have that sort of traditional grainy photo, clearly supposed to be like a, a homemade video of them on the pond. I do love what happens when we transition, though. It's real dark. Like, it's hard to tell where we are. It looks like it's on the farm at night, but it kind of looked like they made it dark just because they didn't want you to know he was inside.
1: Yeah, I think that it was very oddly lit. Like, I don't know why they're using one tractor to, like, this giant arena.
0: What I loved about it, though, was all of the shots of Rob Lowe uh, were of his of feet. They weren't actually oh, showing a that. full body. Yeah, get used to um, that. Clearly the person who's doing the skating, not Rob Lowe, but a good skater. All of the shots of Rob, though, are no helmet on, very sweaty, and looking sultry already
1: in general for a movie that takes place in cold places they are sweaty all the time
0: but hockey players sweat though come on
1: yeah but they only sweat on their face for some reason like the rest of their body isn't sweaty when they're like
0: not in their hair you no know, their like, hair is fine <laughs> it's just like
1: i'm only sweating on the middle of my face during this practice
0: yeah Rob Lowe's got the hair sweat going for sure. Now, when the credits finally end, we jump right into the plot here with Dean Youngblood, that's Rob Lowe's character, telling his father and brother that he's got a tryout offer from the fictional Hamilton Mustangs. His father is firmly against it because there's too much work that needs to be done on the farm. That and his older brother's career got derailed when he lost a fucking eye. Uh, But said brother manages to convince the dad to let Rob Lowe take his shot. And with that, we're off to Canada because I guess he's like American. Anyway, his brother drives him to the famed Hamilton <laughs> Arena. Why? Why did you skip over that so quickly? I don't know, man. This is, you know, they, I, we were all surprised. We thought he was like some fucking Canadian kid. All of a sudden, they're crossing the bridge in Niagara Falls. I think they had to make him American to appeal to the audience of this film. Right. I don't think this film was made for Canadians. I think it was trying to reach that, like you said, broader American audience after the miracle on ice. I think they're expecting people who don't really have hockey experience to be enjoying this movie. You're saying it's like a fish out of water thing? Like they need the idea of like the audience, the American audience is traveling with them to this strange foreign land? Absolutely. I think a lot of the kind of commentary they're making on how fucking weird Canada is or this is their idea of what Canada is for sure. I mean, that would match with uh, the advice that his brother gives him when he drops him off at the famed Hamilton Arena. Don't take
1: any shit from them Canucks. They'll me just another wetback crossing a border to play their game. They'll never catch me. Oh, they'll catch you.
0: (laughs) How did you feel about this arena, Kyle?
1: That arena was amazing.
0: In like a literal sense or in a like laughable sense? No,
1: I liked it. It was a very old school looking hockey arena. Um, I don't know if the Hamilton arena is a real thing.
0: It is not. I can tell you as someone who grew up in Hamilton, uh, know as well. It's not a real thing. No, that's not an arena we have. It's definitely a real arena. They just labeled with that for sure clearly a masculine dominated space though we're gonna get into the locker room really quickly here. it's 80s hockey culture man what do you expect like of course it's a masculine space oh i know but it harkens back to a time that we do not live in now right there's a lot of like nudie mag like pictures on the wall (laughs) and all those kind of stuff that you're like oh shit it used to be like that in the 80s yeah those were the days you're saying (laughs) (laughs) i'm not allowed to put those on my wall anymore yeah fair enough um we get a tryout scene here now that, uh, I mean, how would you describe this?
1: I don't know where they found these people to try out because apparently you don't need to know how to skate to make the team. They're falling all over the place and there's one person that's good and all he's good at is like hitting people, it's aggressively <laughs> hitting people. Like, they
0: mentioned he scored a bunch of goals though. They say he scored a bunch of goals. Yeah, yeah they say he scored like 15,
1: 15 goals and had like 380 penalty minutes or something like that.
0: Uh, but you thought the number of goals even was high.
1: Yeah, I thought, there's no way. And then I was proven wrong. He proves you wrong he later. He's exactly. got yeah, a soft go. hander on the net.
0: Yeah, very quickly, they are creating what is going to be sort of our big bad in the movie, right? This tryout, of course, features the rough and tumble hockey player. Racky is his name. Yeah, and then also Youngblood. Youngblood gets out there and he is skating circles around everyone. It looks like an adult playing with children. Children's appropriate because the way these fucking guys were falling down, it looked like when you see little kids trying to play hockey, as soon as they try and like reach too far for the puck, they're just on their fucking chest sliding. So I can tell you that the kids in my like, six-year-old's hockey team are better skaters than the people they put on this ice. It was ridiculous <laughs> how bad they were out there. I was baffled by that. It was it's clear that the distinction here is going to be between Racky, that tough guy who, by the way, looks like he's 45. Not a real junior hockey age, something. I, I don't think so. <laughs> and maybe not going to make it on the junior hockey team. And, and Youngblood, which one of them is the coach going to take to help them with their playoff push here? Well, yes, there is only one spot. The coach mentions that. And it sure seems like that one spot's going to go to Rob Lowe. Uh, not just because the movie is fucking named after his character. He, Like you said, he's flying around the ice, scoring goal after goal, and impressing both Mustang team leader Patrick Swayze and the coach especially when he stands up to uh, Racky, that human penalty machine we mentioned earlier. Well, I mean, he tries to stand up for him, but it does not go great. Yeah, he gets Uh, (laughs) one-punched. He doesn't like that Racky is trying to rough everyone up. Stands up to him and then takes a right cross in the face, and he goes down. Of course, uh, we get Swayze and some of the other hockey players laughing at him. What what are some of the nicknames they throw his way? Hello Hands was my personal favorite. Hello <laughs> Hands, there you go. Soft hands. Yeah. yeah, I mean the other guy calls him Pretty Boy, which let's be—he tr- is, he's a pretty boy. He's very very pre- much so. Very very pretty. <laughs> <Yeah>. absolutely. <laughs> oh my god! Now, following this tryout, we get a truly tremendous workout scene. With Swayze and the other Mustangs pumping iron while an assistant coach stitches up Rob Lowe after his little fight there. And the thing that jumped out to all of us was that one of the guys was working out in his hockey pants. Why the fuck was this happening? The hilarious part was they weren't on the ice they were just watching in like there like that guy yeah. had not been playing he was up there in the stands in jeans yeah so he got
1: inspired from watching the tryout to put on his hockey pants to go work out
0: could this have possibly been like a thing like you know you see guys like working out in like the fucking sauna suit so you sweat more could that be this? oh he has no shirt on so maybe that's not true
1: no one has a shirt on in this movie that's good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they do not yeah we were debating quite a bit while watching who this movie was for and in many ways I feel like it was for Minnesota teenage Minnesota housewives yeah well okay. that, yeah <laughs> that's fair. my guess is Minnesota housewives yeah, yeah For sure There, There is a lot of <laughs> On the floor For when they were watching oh, know, save that yeah. for When he fucking oh, Goes yeah. to Zamboni yeah. yeah we're gonna talk About her for sure <laughs> Oh my goodness Jesse the human uh, Our Fountain Jesus <laughs> <on. laughs> <laughs> <She's laughs> Christ <crazy. laughs> Well it turns out That Youngblood Has made the team Which does not sit well With Raki, That uh, goon that he got In a scrap with Look I'm gonna go With the other kid I mean that's who it is I need someone Who can put the pucket in there You know Squeak Kicked his ass All over the rink Look it, I know you kicked his ass, but you're not as fast as he is, alright? Don't worry, you'll be seeing me around. When the coach cuts him, he knocks a bunch of stuff over and stomps out. Youngblood gives pursuit in a towel that quickly falls off to reveal only a jockstrap, but this is all just an excuse to introduce our romantic interest, which would be Jesse, who finds him standing there ass out. This leads to a very small amount of comedy as he modestly tries to cover up and she leers at him as he walks away. Like, a full-on leer. She is staring at him like I stare at the screen when Elizabeth Shue is in something. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she was definitely interested in Rob Lowe and we knew that this was going to become a part of the plot pretty quickly. I mean, we were all kind of staring at Rob Lowe's ass, let's be honest. Yes. Just silence. Uh this is We're where nervously uh, looking at each other. That was hilarious. <laughs> this is where uh I think the housewife thing comes in. You correctly predicted you're like, oh my god, this is definitely gonna be the coach's daughter, isn't it? And well, I thought what that, other reason yeah. would she be there for? To drive the same pony. <laughs> <laughs> is that a euphemism? Uh, <laughs> no, Uh yeah. no, not, which is <laughs> hilarious. Right, yeah. Well, uh, it's time for some good-natured hazing now as Swayze and the other team members hold Rob Lowe down and shave his balls. And I have to say, they have absolutely nailed what we Canadians do for fun here. Just crushed it. They got got it (laughs) Hey, and speaking of nailing things, Rob Lowe heads to his boarding house where we meet Miss McGill, the surprisingly buxom house madam, who it turns out has been inviting hockey players into her uh, home for decades so one i want to go back to this like hazing scene i mean i know that was a part of sports but they hold him down and straight razor his balls that was pretty scary well the weirdest part was how much he was like fighting them. i'm like dude stop moving just lay there be totally still like that's the best way you can go for you this is one of those like is this making fun of canadians or sports or both here i was kind of having trouble
1: i feel like the person who wrote that has never taken part in a locker room hazing type situation because that's like aggressively dangerous
0: <laughs> yeah that's i mean, <laughs> (laughs) I mean if he had kept squirming he would have been down a nut for sure Um, i think the person who wrote this having no experience with like locker room hockey canadians that's going to be a recurring theme as we go through as well they're definitely reaching for comedy here and it's not playing super well although what is really funny is what you mentioned after once he gets to this boarding house and he gets introduced to miss mcgill She sort of settles him in his room, and then she heads down and brews some tea, which she brings up to him. And it seems like, based on the other players being around in the hallway, that she brings them all a little bit of tea as they come into this home well you forgot that first when she walks him up to his room she goes up ahead of him in the stairs and she's basically wearing like just booty shorts under her apron which is what immediately pinged all of us we're like what's supposed to happen here and it was exactly what we thought we joked that she was gonna have sex with him way before it it started and well not way before it happens like five <laughs> seconds after he's in there it's very sudden that's true but we didn't think it was a reality when she first appeared on screen right like or at least i didn't i was joking because i thought there's no way that this middle-aged woman is just f-ing all these young men so what if I Tipped you off. Uh, when she started unbuttoning her shirt <laughs> in his bedroom after bringing up the hot tea, I did like the touch too where she showed him some of the former players who had stayed there in a hockey card form.
1: Yeah, I like that too. She's like, This guy was six foot two, 180 pounds. He shot right. And then, like, he was sh- supposed he shot to. shot
0: right. And she mentioned seven and a half inches, and he was like, That's not on the hockey card. Was that the curve of his stick? <laughs> I don't know. Yes, and the length of his dick. What is happening? <laughs> dial it back, man. Well, it she work. had sex with all of the players who came through there. That is clearly I'm aware. suggested. For well, sure. and we mentioned the players like overhearing or watching this. One of them is team goalie Keanu Reeves. The very
1: Quebec co-op Keanu Reeves. God
0: damn, oh. That's We find out more about that in a second when they go out for some drinks, which they do that night. And here we learn that, yes, they have all slept with Miss McGill. And the locker room talk continues when they spot a couple of ladies at the bar this is our first chance to spend some quality time with Keanu Reeves character. And, uh, it turns out that yes, as you mentioned, all of his locker room talk is being spoken with a truly horrible French accent. Like whose idea was this?
1: I liked that The first time we heard him, we were like, is he French? And it took another three or four times for him to say anything before we could actually figure out yeah, what the, he was <laughs> doing.
0: The accent was so bad that we weren't totally sure until we locked it. I think he was doing a voice like as a, like a parody of French game hockey players, but no, that's his no, character. He's yeah. supposed to be French. Um, What is hilarious or what I found hilarious was that we didn't actually hear his voice or see him that much after this bar scene. Like, I don't know if he negotiated very little screen time or they had to cut out the rest of his talking because his <laughs> French accent was so bad, yeah. right? Like, there's a point where I'm like, why haven't we seen any Keanu? Yeah, his character was not important enough to get the Kevin Costner Robin Hood treatment where they're like, you know what? Just scrap the accent. We'll just You can talk like yourself for the rest of the movie. They didn't want to do that for him. They were like, well, it's easier just to cut him. I think so. That's what it felt like. I it, It'd be interesting going back, right? Because there could be a lot more footage if he had more of the leverage he does now. Like, if he'd been so successful... I bet you he would have a lot more screen time in this thing.
1: He might order them to cut it out, actually. Maybe, yeah, his, his agent was
0: like, nope, get rid of it. Um, after getting another round of the rookie hazing treatment, Rob Lowe completely shits the bed in practice the next day, leading to the coach chewing him out in front of everyone else. Hey, you better take a break, huh? Want some uh, milk and cookies or something? Uh, how about a little nap? Can I ask you a question? How'd you get so horse shit in one day? And you think that after embarrassing himself and being threatened with getting kicked off the team, Roblo is going to do the smart thing and get a good night's sleep, but that is not what he does. Instead, he goes out that night where he just happens to bump into Jesse outside of the local movie theater. And hey, you'll never believe it, but yes, it turns out she is the coach's daughter. Young blood, just making all the wrong moves here. They're making a lot of jokes about being in small town Hamilton, which is pretty funny. It's a pretty big place compared to what they're kind of trying to make it look like. So as people who are from that area, it's, it's hilarious to kind of see that, but I guess they're trying to portray like this is is a small town hockey team there's not a lot here we find out that his daughter is from new york as well but new york city she doesn't seem like she's happy to be here though what has he got her doing as a part of the team
1: she's the zamboni driver which is a very normal thing for a teenage girl to do when her, <laughs> when, her, when, her, when her dad owns the team, essentially.
0: Do you think there is ever in the history of junior hockey been a teenage female Zamboni driver? I'm not even sure there's been a teenage male Zamboni
1: driver at that level.
0: It's usually, some fucking old dude, right? Yeah. With like a derby gut and a and big beard. <laughs> I'm serious. It's definitely someone who has some experience, right? Like you're not putting young people on the bony, right? Like that's going to...
1: There's so many other... guys,
0: did you just call it a bony? <laughs> That is, that's uh, Coward, I, I, that is not an expression. Kyle, please confirm that is not an expression. I have
1: not heard that. I don't I, I know like how it. I called
0: that, but I like it now. I, I think I'm going to start calling them Bonies from the now on. Bony what on earth? <laughs> hey, speaking of bony, uh, where do they go after they bump into the movie theater? Ooh, uh, <laughs> they go to... A convenience-slash-bookstore. There's some old guy looking <laughs> through some t mags, and they head over to the book well, he's section. He's about to have some company when Rob Lowe <laughs> Yeah, well, they go over to the book section, and Rob Lowe goes straight to the erotic books. Like, I thought these books, like the Harlequin-style books. Housewives. Were, well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's the only—I have never known a man to read an erotic book.
1: I don't think a book called Nympho is part of the, <laughs> the <best> part. It's, <laughs> <good sense. laughs> it's not part of the Harlequin
0: it was called Nympho and there is a straight d- on the front cover but at that point just yeah. buy the porno mag like what are you doing? Well that's what I mean why would you spend all that time reading that much text if all you're trying to do is get off because it's just meant to set up the joke that we get when they yeah, walk out absolutely. and her Absolutely. Well she comes over as he's looking at it and what I would say about his character this young blood character is not that embarrassed about reading it and good on him if i was sitting staring at some like smutty books or magazines and and an attractive girl who i had just run into came over to me i would probably try to hide that shit but he does not at all he moves with it she gives him a copy of moby dick though and says i think all hockey players should read and uh, he was trying to read yeah i guess it's true he was he was reading for other reasons she buys him Moby Dick, but he also slides some money over to the cashier and buys himself that book, <laughs> Nympho, which is hilarious. <laughs> they walk out of the store together, and uh-oh, who do they run into? Well, I you said, man. It's your dad. He's there, and he's caught now, right? What are you doing fucking with my daughter? He goes to uh, to explain it all in that they were just shopping for books together and then he pulls out Nympho and I don't know how this actor does not laugh. Yeah, I mean, th- this is actually, I feel, one of the funnier moments. You can see it coming a mile away because he tries to pull out Moby Dick. The whole thing is, he's like, oh yeah, she bought me this book. He reaches in, he's not looking in the fucking bag. He pulls out what he thinks is Moby Dick, but instead it's Nympho, which is just an absolute fucking like facepalm moment, right? <laughs> uh, and yeah, the coach... Is not happy, but he kind of lets them just go on their way. He offers them a ride home. Well, he offers her a ride home. He's not giving Youngblood a ride home. Oh, I thought he offered them both a ride home. No, it was just, just her, her. Okay, yeah. so he offers his daughter a ride home. She declines, but they don't keep that night rolling too long, right? He lets her go at this point. Well, it seemed like they were kind of hitting it off, but she essentially tells Youngblood that she doesn't date hockey players. So we're going to put a pin in that for now and start getting ready for tomorrow's game against what sure looks like the Toronto Marlies. And as we cut back and forth between the on-ice uh Action, I guess. And the coach's daughter in a class secretly listening to the game. We see Swayze and Rob Lowe realize that they've got some serious chemistry. Youngblood gets his first goal, which causes Jesse to completely forget that she's in the science classroom and burst out cheering. And I feel like they are fast-tracking us through a ton of character development here. Which is especially surprising considering how long this movie is. Yeah, so very quickly they're in love with each other. That's something we complain about a lot on this podcast. Also, very quickly, Swayze and our low character are becoming best friends. It's basically the stepbrothers thing. that we just become best friends? Yep. They score one goal and all of a sudden they're like, yeah. I mean, Kyle, can chemistry on the ice sort of connect you with people in real life?
1: I mean, not that quickly, but I think so. A single goal won't do it like a week after he's like, well, you're terrible. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like that male love relationship developed faster than the other one. And that was also very quick
0: yeah you're right their best friends happened even faster than the daughter uh, young blood sort of thing so that was kind of hilarious um but i go back to and i'm not i'm not saying they should have done this but this movie is almost two hours long it's an hour 50 if anything should have been drawn out in this it probably should have been a little more time devoted to like them actually getting to know each other to establish this relationship what about establishing the playoff run like oh, well, that's that, a whole. I don't. I don't understand. We've been, the scheduling for this hockey stuff made no sense to any no, of us. Like none at all. We. It turns out that this game against the Marlies is the last game in a semifinal series.
1: As it turns out, yeah.
0: So there must have been other playoff series before this. There, like there should have been other games in that series. This whole thing is fucking confusing as hell to me. And where they are, it was over the top ask in its like tournament format. It was indecipherable. We're yeah, like, wait, wait no what's, no idea happening here? what's happening? Yeah. yeah. Um, so. He scores that goal. Fast friendships are made, and he gets benched for it. Oh, he gets benched immediately. Yeah, the coach, uh, <laughs> the coach benches him, and Roblo figures that he's in the doghouse already. Like it's because he's seeing the coach's daughter. So he goes looking for Jesse to try to score a real goal. He basically tells her as much in this exchange. Well, if I'm getting benched for something I didn't do, I figure I might as well do it. Do what? Take you out.
1: And what makes you think I'll go out with you?
0: Because your old man doesn't want you to. Hey, who knew they had psychology books on the farm? <laughs> <laughs> he's been reading the game yeah.
1: In between reading Nympho and Moby <laughs> Duk, He found some time to <laughs> read the game
0: That's how the protagonist in Nympho scores the ladies By being like you know he's, hey, Your dad doesn't want this Maybe that is how he learns his moves He reads those uh, like sort of sex uh, books And figures out how those guys score their women But this is like a documented real thing though right They say that if your daughter like likes some fucking dirtbag The worst thing you can do is tell her not to see him It's going to make her want to see him more So Rob Lowe has got this figured out man <laughs> You're right. It's it's pretty interesting, right? Um, so he finds her by pretending to get run over by the Zamboni, which I thought was kind of funny. We all joke that he was going to get run over by the Zamboni. and Movie over, yeah. like 35 minutes in. Well, I was kind of hoping funny. it transitioned to a horror movie after that. I was hoping for a change in pace because I was struggling with this sort of like teen heartthrob uh, skating hockey movie. Speaking of skating, they go on a date to the skating rink now. And this is maybe the most obvious example of how Rob Lowe can't skate worth a shit. Like this is all the same alternating waist down, waist up shots of Roblo's torso and somebody else's legs. But this time they also give us a full body shot of what is clearly a stunt double skating away. I don't know how often people go skating as a date night thing anymore. I think it was probably more common in Canada in the 80s. It's still something that you can go do. But it was hilarious because they walk on the ice and then they're joking that he can't skate and he falls down, it is the most believable moment of Rob Lowe being on the ice in the entire movie. Yeah, you said that you thought that was actually him skating. I
1: think they were just like, okay, Rob, now you can try skating, and they just fell over, and they're like, this is going to be perfect. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, She, she falls was also, on them, yeah.
1: Strangely, they were the youngest people in that skating rink by like 30 years, too.
0: Yeah, I did notice like a really like, old couple skating. Why there so skating? many yeah. seniors at skating? It was only seniors. It was them and seniors, and then this guy was supposed to be monitoring how people behaved, and he had a penny that said guard on, They also made him kind of nerdy. He had glasses and, like, pushed them on in the front. There was also, strangely, like, a table with refreshments and shit in the middle of the ice. I don't know about you, but I have never been on a rink where they had food in the middle of it. I think they crashed someone's 80th birthday party. Like, legitimately. That's what happened. I think that was like a—because the guard gets up going in a fucking cake. He's trying to chase down Rob Lowe, but he can't catch him. And he smashes it, and he goes face-first into the cake. That was clearly a birthday cake. I think you're right. I think maybe it was an elderly person's party, and they crashed it for their date. And they skate off after the guard crashes into this cake and they run away down the halls and kind of hide. And they are really starting to bond here a little bit less quickly than our two male characters, but it's happening really fast. It is, yeah. And after escaping the ring, like you said, and dodging Jesse's dad back at the uh, main arena, the two of them have a deep conversation about the future, which is really just a chance for Rob Lowe to put on his acting skates to deliver an introspective monologue. And if this scene isn't enough for him to win a Canadian Screen Award, I don't know what is. (laughs) This is where it's very Gretzky to me. I don't know about you, Kyle, but his monologue sounded super Gretzky.
1: Yeah, it was the whole, like, I had a skating rink when I was a kid and we were playing on there. It's all I ever wanted to do when I was six. For some reason, I'm going to stand in this coach's office and walk around with a hockey stick while I do this.
0: (laughs) It's for emphasis. He's doing it for emphasis, man. Yeah, they had a whole bunch of tools in there. They had the sort of, like, welding gear to sort of shape your stick it was they they really had it all going on in there but after this conversation's going we're all kind of wondering if they're gonna have sex in her dad's office we're like are they about to bang here because it seems like that's where we're headed
1: i was sure that was gonna happen yeah, that Which would have really ruined his day because he was skipping down the hallway as well for no reason at all, thinking about like San Francisco.
0: Well, we thought he had just come back from fucking nailing Miss yeah, McGill. Yeah, he was at
1: Miss McGill's house. He had some tea. He had something. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That
0: would have absolutely ruined his day. No, they don't do it right there. Instead, they head back to the boarding house. And we get to see Roblo and Jesse make sweet, passionate love, intercut with shots of Miss McGill doing stuff in the kitchen that looks vaguely sexual. Imagine a sincere version of the sex scene from Naked Gun Two and a Half, but no less hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> this is also funny, man. It was pretty great. Um the the very first sort of moments of their sex scene, it, they they start undressing each other. It looks like she's gonna go down on him, but then quickly she gets up. I'm not sure what's happening I there. Think she she's taking his shoes off. Oh, is that what it was? Because she does take his pants off quickly. But that's when the kettle pops. Well, sorry, they get naked and on top of each other. Not yet. Not and then yet. instantly, no, no, the no, kettle no, pops. no, 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 no. The kettle pops. She goes to start undoing his pants, and the kettle pops right then. And I was like, Holy shit, did he just <laughs> his <laughs> pants? I thought, like, the cut made it that's seem right. like he had prematurely ejaculated yeah. by her, like, starting to take them Which off. Which was yeah. hilarious. And I thought that's where we were going. But they really take it further. They get really deep into Miss McGill starting to brew tea. They even see her, like, take the bagless tea thing and dip dunking it in. Dunking it, yeah. And she's dunking it as he is aggressively ping <laughs> the. they're both dunking yeah exactly but then she also starts making like an ice cream sundae she's like peeling a banana and like the, the dolloping the whipped cream on and like gently laying the cherry down the most hilarious part though is is not this right the most hilarious part of this whole scene is something else what happens after they're finished
1: oh yeah he uses a water bottle, a hockey water bottle, not, not water only bottle. takes a drink out of it, but also sprays his face with it, and then sprays her face with it as well, which is just it's like it's so fantastic. It's probably the best thing in the entire movie.
0: I lost my shit. When, we are all laughing, yeah, man. It was when, when he pulled the hockey water bottle out and sprayed his face like he'd just scored a goal and he was back <laughs> he on the ice. just scored a goal. Oh. And then when he sprays her and she's into it, it is just so fantastic. They kind of joke around and squirt each other for a little Bit more, and while that's going on, our homekeeper here, our Miss Miss, McGill, yeah, Miss McGill, comes up with some hot tea, hoping that she is going to plow young blood again. But I was thinking about this. She walks into them, and she's pretty upset. Except, like, young, virile Roblo, he can go again once the coach's daughter goes home. Just come back in like 45 minutes or so, no problem.
1: As long as he refilled his water bottle, he would have been fine. <laughs>
0: exactly. I mean, I think he could have done it. They I mean, have this
1: weird conversation about his bed, too, like how it was squeaking, and he's like, oh, I've noticed.
0: <laughs> it all night, the time. Every <laughs> night he mentions he's used to it. Yeah, it seems like she's been there a lot. What I'm wondering, too, though, so he can go a second time. If the coach was so happy because he had just been to Miss McGill, she must be a multiple time a day kind of lady. Well, too. I mean, one of the guys who was watching Rob Lowe the first time he hooked up with her mentioned that, like, he had nailed it the night before. So clearly, like, she's open for business. For sure. Yeah. The, uh, the next day, Youngblood and Swayze have a heart to heart about hockey and their hopes for the future. Swayze's plan is to go number one in the draft and sign the biggest bonus he can. And the fact that he's talking about this mere minutes before we cut to the Mustangs' next game, which just happens to be against Racky's team, the Angry Goons who stormed out earlier, means that his career is 100% about to end. I called this from the beginning, he is the Apollo Creed to Roblo's Rocky. Yeah, you nailed this very, very early. You were like, he's fucking dying on the ice, right? You were like, his career is over. There's no way he's getting the NHL. This is where we were uncomfortable with their fast friendship too, though. I think they were just trying to get Swayze screen time here. Like, is that sort of what this is? Or are they are just trying to build up the fall so that Youngblood yeah. can get a revenge, I guess, they're, right? They're getting emotional investment from the audience to make us want to see Rob Lowe fucking get revenge on this dude. Which he's going to have to, because sure enough, this game quickly descends into chaos as a full-on brawl breaks out. Even Keanu Reeves is there throwing Les Hemakers at the other team's goalie. They make it out of this okay. But after taking the lead in the third period, the other team's coach puts Raki on the ice, and he absolutely obliterates Swayze, smashing him into the boards from behind. This leads to a fun exchange where Youngblood's coach criticizes the ref for being blind by pretending to be the ref putting on glasses for the first time. Why don't you use these? You know, you're missing a good game after Get somebody in the box. Now. Hey, look, lights. Hey, ice. Mm, a red line. I enjoyed that. It was kind of funny. <laughs>
1: yeah, that part was actually fantastic. The Gordon Lightfoot lookalike guy that was reffing this game was awful <laughs> in general. Like, he didn't call any penalties for some reason.
0: And they hey, missed playoffs. You swallow your whistle, right? It's nothing. <laughs> I guess they missed all of this direct violence that clearly would have been penalties. And I bet hockey refs were just like, this is the most bullshit depiction of, like, officiating I've ever seen in my life. I think that that is the group of people watching this movie who would give it the highest bad the rating. Upset, yeah. Yeah. They'd be the most upset for sure, right? Minnesota Housewives, they're, 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 they're giving the top, it a they're yeah. A+. Plus. Yeah. yeah, officials in hockey settings right down at the bottom there. They're just so furious at what's happening in this game the fact that
1: there was officials and he ends up playing like a fairly major role. He has more lines than Keanu does.
0: Yes. He also referees every meaningful he referees game.
1: Every game. And he's like, I've got another game next week. If you want to come to that one. And we're just like, what are you talking yeah, about? And they're calling him by his first name. <laughs> it's, just, it's really
0: strange. Blowing kisses kisses him. what referee would tolerate that? You'd throw him the fuck out. Um, Swayze is actually okay after this initial exchange, but after getting into a scuffle with Raki and scoring a good hit on in him, in his next shift, Raki waits for the perfect moment to knock Swayze's helmet off and then send him crashing down to the ice head first. There is blood and panic, and the doctors end up putting a plate in his head. And sure enough, that's a season wrap for Patrick Swayze. But Youngblood promises to get revenge in a touching hospital room scene, and I believe him. In fact, he shows his newfound resolve in our next scene when he stands up to the coach by quitting the team. Oh, wait. So I guess he's not going to get that revenge after all. (laughs) Yeah. My bad. (laughs) This is where you're like, they are best friends, and he wants ultimate revenge. And the way to get that is by quitting the team. I'm just so confused and angry at this point. I'm like... What the fuck? But really what it turns out is we just need Youngblood to go home so he can learn to get tough. Yeah, we all know that he's coming back.
1: Yeah, he just needs that four minutes to go get tough. That's
0: (laughs) that's exactly right. No, this is is part of the hero's journey, right? This happens in all these movies. It's like Neil Diamond going on the road and the jazz singer. He's got to like rediscover himself. Why do you keep bringing that up? Because it's a great example of what we're talking about. Oh, what um, movie. We've got to go through the personal adversity portion of the movie. And so we get not one but two emotional scenes here. First, when Rob Lowe tells Jesse that he quit the team. And next, when he returns to the farm and is immediately confronted by his brother. These scenes are serious drama. Or at least they would be if Rob Lowe wasn't doing a terrible job of acting. There's a lot of bad acting in this movie. But Rob Lowe trying to be dramatic here is an absolute struggle. It's losing me at this point. I'm kind of fine with the bad hockey and the horrible Canadiana, but at this point where we're trying for him to overcome these demons, it's just absolutely shit.
1: Yeah, I was shocked. I mean, the person actually, he has an actual career. He's still making movies. I don't know how after this. He's better at skating than he is at being sad. And he's not good good at skating. He's terrible at at skating. He's so bad at this, and it's just, it takes you out of everything.
0: How young is he here? Oh fuck! Good question. If he if it's eighty six, he's early twenties. Early twenties. Yeah. yeah, and so there was time for him to have some growth for sure. But he is, if he wasn't so pretty, he would not have gotten those other opportunities because he does not pull off the dramatic opportunities he's given in this film. Well, no, you can no, say that no. about so many actors, though, right? Like Keanu's in this. I was this. gonna say, we watched Reeves fucking Point time. Break. That guy kept fucking working. Yeah, we, we needed a lot of time for Keanu to find his feet too, and and thankfully for him, he he made it there. But twenty two when they made this, by the way, Rob Lowe. So yeah, very yeah. young. I will say we're giving him a lot of shit right now, but I thought when he angrily cleared off the trophy shelf, that was pretty good. Although not as good as the young blood isn't cut out for farming action we get in the next section. This is essentially a montage but without any music, and that's because they just couldn't figure out what to play during these scenes.
1: <laughs> they played Take is. Me Out to the Ball Game in the middle of a hockey montage, so...
0: but <laughs> <laughs> have got their wires crossed a little bit there. They were struggling a little bit with choice, although there were times where the music in the background was fucking fantastic, yeah. mostly with these sort of, like, 80s ballads or 80s killer songs. But Well, the opening credits were were on fire, and the closing credits that we'll see in a minute are also very good, but yeah, there's a lot of bad music in this, too. Um, another scene with his brother this, this one where he teaches Roblo how to fight is just the catalyst Youngblood needs to start whipping himself into shape for the big game we get a true montage here with multiple scenes of him boxing plus more smoky rink footage of him firing off slap shots and a barn workout that really drives home the Rocky Four vibes for me only and we were all saying this isn't the big game happening in the next day or two like how long is he here training
1: that part made no sense like the games are going to be at most two or three days apart, and it's also all the way across the province. It's like a twenty-four hour drive to get to Thunder Bay. Yeah, so they're just like, no, we'll just hang out here and work on my shadow boxing, my slap shot, rather than going back and apologizing to the coach. But if that's what it takes me to get tough, also, I don't know why he didn't do this in the first seventeen years he was alive. <laughs>
0: yeah, <exactly. laughs> rather than trying to, he's
1: just cramming for the final exam.
0: That is exactly what happens here, right? That mad cram, and it, it, is, it doesn't make sense. I think that that timeline and the way these series are set up, it, it really took away from me. It shouldn't. I know it's a movie, and I've been no, able to but it kind of should if you can't track what's going on, like, yeah, Yeah, I guess that is the issue, right, is that I can't track why he's being able to train and spend that much time with his family. He spends all that time training with his brother, and it definitely seems like it's helped out his fighting game, but is he ready to transition that to the ice yet? Not yet. I actually had the thought, too. It would be hilarious if he went back for the final game only to realize that it actually was two months ago and he missed it because of all his time on the farm. <laughs> <laughs> he was just training for, like, too long, and he's ready with the game. It It's like, three uh, months ago. It's over. No, uh, <laughs> to, to answer your question, <laughs> this all culminates with a one-on-one father-son scene where the dad imparts some true hockey wisdom. You can learn to punch in the barn, but you've got to learn to survive on the ice. And I thought that was great advice from the poor man's Tom Scarrett. <laughs> i don't know who top scare is, but i was like <laughs> what you never seen thank, alien thank you for including
1: that yeah there you
0: go yeah Okay, that's an alien reference, yes. He's been in budget stuff. What else has Tom Skerritt been in?
1: He's in picket fences.
0: Oh, my God. TV <laughs> that's a deep ball, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, This is kind of funny, right? We get sort of this dad-son challenge. He's trying to teach him how he can fight on the ice. He gets bested by his dad pretty easily in the first little tussle, but then he sort of learns and stands his ground, and his dad teaches him a couple tricks before he heads off. We also find out that his dad didn't teach him this before because he couldn't imagine another son getting hurt oh there you go that and, explains it and i was i was really angry that this was such a cop-out you're like fuck you like <laughs> you can play hockey but you can only score goals no fighting yeah you're not allowed to get into the shit because i can't have another son with one eye i mean it makes sense to me uh either way with this jedi training complete youngblood returns to the locker room the night of the championship game the coach is hesitant to let him back in, but after he challenges the coach to let him play if he can get past him, the coach agrees to let Youngblood back on the ice, realizing that he is truly ready to succeed. Or something, I don't know. So, this does not really make sense to me. So he's currently going through the old man gauntlet, right? He's beat his dad. Yeah, that's right. He's bested the coach, and all he has left is Racky, the final boss in the old man challenge. Don't forget Miss McGill. He ran through her, too. Oh, yeah. So he's <laughs> taken down three of four of the old age uh, pensioners here. He's ready yeah. to take on the last. <laughs>
1: I didn't really understand the coach part either. It was like, if you can get past me, you can go. And then they just stare at each other for a second. He's like, yeah, you're fine.
0: The stare down, it's, you can see it in the eyes. But can he even play that they've already scratched him? No, there's no chance okay. he can play.
1: Like the game was almost started when he's he's just like, I'm going to show up now.
0: Yeah. The announcer does say he's back in the game. though. later I was like, is that how that works? I don't think yeah, so. It, it was kind of weird. So he gets by the coach and who's waiting for him in the locker room? Oh, it's bandaged up Patrick Swayze. And he tells Youngblood to forget about Raki and just win the game. But will Rob Lowe follow this advice? We'll find out in a minute after he first lets Jesse know he's back by banging his stick on the boards in front of her. His hockey stick, not his (laughs) c**k. I don't know. Um, I have to go back to this Swayze scene for a second, though. Of all of the dramatic scenes in this entire thing, this one carries the most weight, or it does the best job. Like, is that because Swayze is one of the only good actors in this whole fucking movie? I think maybe. He, yeah. he pulls off the, like, broken, win-it-for-me kind of move more than any other moment in this entire movie. They even throw to the assistant coach, and he kind of has that I'm-almost-crying face, and it's, it's actually <laughs> fairly well done. I, like... It's 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 too much. We're over the top with it here, but um, it actually kind of works. Youngblood, of course, is on the ice. He shows his stick to Jesse because he needs to make sure that she's cheering him on. Who else shows up to cheer him on in this game? Oh, he's got his dad and his one-eyed brother are there to... <laughs> Make a... Why you have one eye? Poor Kelly. You're just fucking giving it to Kelly here. They show up to watch him. Yeah, they do. I don't know why you had to point out that he can only see you like half of the game.
1: I don't know why they didn't drive up together.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I agree. Yeah, that's a good point, too. What a waste of fucking gas from like New York all to, way from Hamilton. From yeah. to Hamilton. All to Hamilton. You beat them there by about 15 minutes. <laughs> great point. Oh, my God, man. Um... Well, he's back in the lineup, but the coach is not putting him in. However, after watching at least one period of truly awful hockey and seeing his team fall behind, the coach finally puts Youngblood on the ice, and of course, he immediately scores. My favorite part of this scene is the coach getting chirped by his own daughter. It's
1: about time, Chadwick!
0: The the fuck you look on the coach's face here is pretty great. Yeah, it's a good fuck you look. He does kind of smirk at the end of it, though. He knows, like... Yeah, it's the I love you, but fuck you. Yeah,
1: I like that Rob Lowe basically scored a goal every time he was on the ice but they would not put him in for more than like a minute at a time
0: (laughs) this is one of the best coaches in the league they say later on "On he's a great coach
1: but his best player just sits on the bench immediately scores a goal they're like nah sit this next one out
0: it's true (laughs) I think of the five shift he's been on the ice he scored four goals at this point if you put him out the goals it would have been like 20 to 1 in every single game they would have just walked away with this Memorial Cup without even thinking his goals to shift percentage is like 800 fucking (laughs) yeah he's just fucking dummying. yeah you got that locked in it's hilarious, right? We spend so much time watching horrible hockey, people who can't skate, and just this racky guy gooning everyone that why isn't Rob Lowe out there just skating around and scoring goals the whole time?
1: And I want to point out, like, the body contact they show is ludicrous. Like, They have people like, going down on their knees to flip guys over their shoulders another guy jumps and gets
0: jumps into the board gets yeah. body
1: checked like in the hip essentially because he jumped so high
0: yeah we have some strange hockey happening um for sure it's obviously meant to create drama rather than make it feel real but it is a bit of a struggle yeah or excitement maybe like those those checks do look cool but they would never fucking happen in an actual and it's yeah. so slow like there's well, that's because no, they can't skate.
1: It's almost like the person that directed it has never actually seen hockey, so he's just like, oh, I think there's body checking, and this is what I think it looks like. So It's more like wrestling on ice.
0: Did they have to slow it down for, like, camera purposes? Like, to, to... I feel like
1: those guys are going full speed.
0: Yeah, they are They didn't slow down the footage, but you're saying, did like, the, the actors have to slow it I down? I guess. I don't know if they're just trying to pull in those, like... Facial expressions and other shit Maybe. that you don't care about when you're you're watching a hockey game. This was the part of this movie they devoted some thought to is that we got to make sure we can see <laughs> the guy's faces when they're on the ice. Don't I worry mean, about anything else. Well, that's why Rob Lowe never has a helmet on on the bench. No, that's not why. It's because of his fucking hair, man. Yeah, they want to see his beautifulness. They oh, yeah. Really. That's a salad you don't keep in a bowl. You know what I'm saying? It <laughs> goes right on the table. I don't know if I've ever heard that saying before. That's a new one. You know that hockey call called a salad? You know that? Yeah. When uh, you look at Kyle for it, it's a real thing. Kyle, fucking tell him.
1: Salad in the bowl. I mean, we learned bony today, too. So we're learning yeah, yeah. That's the <laughs> new
0: hockey terminology that I'm learning. <laughs> it's a real thing, man. It's great. Uh, well, it takes about 15 seconds after that goalie scores for Racky to cheap shot Rob Lowe, which sends him back to the locker room for more stitches and maybe one of those cortisone shots we saw the assistant coach handing out earlier. Uh, whatever they're going to do here, they better do it quick as the Mustangs are in serious trouble without him. But after a vaguely inspirational speech from the coach between periods, the Mustangs come out with renewed urgency. And with only 10 seconds left in regulation, Young Bud scores the fucking NHL 93 wraparound goal to tie the game. But that is nothing compared to how the last three seconds of this game is going to go. There's a lot that went on here. One, the cheap shot that takes him out is a swinging stick to the face. That the referee doesn't see, right? That ended an NHL player's career, didn't it?
1: Yeah, he basically got Marty McSorley. Right?
0: Yeah, that was kind of the Marty. And uh, so, like, he goes away. He's got a chipped tooth, and he comes back. They only put him on with that last 10 seconds ago. He wraps around the goal how many times, Kyle?
1: At least twice, and everyone's <laughs> just watching him.
0: Yeah, it looks pretty rough here. He does score the goal with 10 seconds left, and is there enough time here for us to get something done before we head to overtime? Well, that's why I said I the last three seconds is the key moment here, because uh, as he's going down the ice, but not on a breakaway, he gets like hit by Racky, and the referee, inexplicably, on the most delayed call in the history of any sport, not only calls a penalty, but also declares a penalty shot, which to me made absolutely zero sense.
1: Yeah, it made no sense. And I was, first of all, shocked that he actually called a penalty since he let go the stick swing before that and all the other ridiculous things. But he's like, no, I'll call this gentle tripping penalty. With three seconds. With three seconds that, left yeah. in the game and give a penalty shot, which I don't think should have been there. But I don't know, it's kind of hockey movies t- tend to end with penalty shots all the time. It's the Mighty Ducks thing.
0: That's a good point, yeah. yeah I was going to say, so how, could it, <laughs> how could it not end in a penalty shot, right? It's. I feel like that is what people find as an, the most exciting way to score a goal in hockey, or the most exciting way. I don't like it. I'm not a fan of it in any sport. I don't like penalty shots in soccer, in hockey. I think that it should end in regular run of play. But they do award it here, even though there were people back past him, which is silly. And then we're going to get some sweet shots of the warm-up of the goalie and him getting ready to take this shot. Oh, my God, dude. Yes, after a very prolonged lead-up that includes goalie calisthenics, Youngblood making eye contact with literally everyone in the arena, and him doing a lap before starting his approach, Rob Lowe's stunt double skates up, fakes the (laughs) slap shot, then sends the puck between his legs, kicks it off his skate, and absolutely buries it. So, movie over, right? Yeah, it's over. They've won the fucking Memorial Cup. That's the goal. There's no way in three seconds something else can happen. But the coach tries to get our Youngblood character off the ice. He's like, there's no use you being here. The only thing that can happen is you getting hurt. But does Rob Lowe accept that? Does Youngblood get off the ice here? Fuck no, we're not done yet. No, Youngblood decides to settle the score with Racky, even though his team just won the Memorial Cup. So they have a face-off. Youngblood wins it and sends the puck down the ice. Game over. But instead of celebrating with his teammates, he and Racky get into a fucking sword fight.
1: Yeah, it's the strangest fighting scene I've ever seen in a hockey thing. There was a lot of illusions to get his stick away from him during the fighting montage and things like that. I didn't think it would result in them basically fencing each other for like a minute and a half.
0: Yeah, they're holding their sticks, like their actual fucking swords like circling each other. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? They're hitting them against each other and eventually Youngblood disarms Racky. He knocks his stick out of his hand. Instead of swinging at Racky with his own stick, though, he drops the stick and the gloves and pulls his helmet off. We're getting an old-fashioned hockey fight here. Game's over. You've won the championship, but you need to settle this score for your friend here, Patrick Swayze. Absolutely, man. They slug it out, and I guess that one afternoon his brother and father spent teaching him how to fight pays off, as Roblo ducks and weaves and scores an absolute KO on Racky to really send the fans home happy. The coach even fires up a victory cigar right there on the bench that we all enjoyed, I think. Yeah. (laughs) that was pretty funny the whole time that he's fighting the the coaches on the bench though like shadow boxing too and fighting alongside him he's proud now he's okay that uh, young blood is plowing his daughter because he is a champion <laughs> at both scoring and yeah. life yeah <laughs> now the other players lift young blood up on their shoulders here and i was just praying for a freeze frame but we do not get it i guess because they had one or two more really important scenes in mind before we wrap this thing up this is the strangest scene in the entire movie the fact that they go from the championship to him then immediately being in the middle of the ice alone, like lights out in the arena, and who shows up?
1: A bunch of random children
0: from Pickering. <laughs> <laughs> From Pickering, Ontario. Yeah.
1: And he makes small talk with them and he's like, How many goals did you score? And the one's like, I'm a goalie. It's <laughs> just yeah. very strange.
0: There was a joke about not having a pen to sign autographs, and you're like, This is the weirdest inclusion yeah. ever. They're just trying to show that he's a good guy, I guess. I don't I don't really understand why it's there. It's like seven totally unnecessary minutes. We all assume that it would just be the daughter, right? We just assumed Jesse would be the one to come out and meet him at center ice and that the two of them would make sweet love right in the middle there, but Instead, those children come out, he signs some autographs, they take off after, like, nothing significant happening, and Jesse does come. That's right, she does, and they kiss, but very gently, as he's extremely banged up, and the camera lingers on a spotlit goal as they walk off the ice together, both knowing that he will definitely need to be on the bottom tonight. (laughs) And that's it, man, we're into the credits now, and we get an incredible fucking song in these end credits, uh, now, at this point, like, I'm going to defer to you on this, Kyle. On a scale of one to Teen Wolf, how awful would you say the sports scenes are in this movie?
1: At least they're kind of playing hockey. I mean, they do score a power play goal that is four people standing there and the puck just comes to a guy. But, like, <laughs> they have the right positions, I guess. I don't know. It's just, it's off-putting how slow it is and how weirdly attached they are to the body contact part of things.
0: That's fair. I think, I think the sports in Teen Wolf is definitely worse than the sports in this, but there are lots of sports movies where... It's a lot better than this. Oh, God. Of course. Um, now, speaking of rating things, since we've come to the end of the movie, we probably move into our ratings. The way we always do this, we rate the movie on a scale of 1 to 10 two times. 1 to 10 for how bad it is. 1 to 10 for how enjoyable. And the goal is to find movies that are a 10 out of 10 on both scales, or what we call the Crit, crit 20. 20. And today, with our special guest, we're going to have three chances here to possibly get this thing across the finish line. Uh, for me, I'm really having a tough time with how bad I think this is. Like... The acting is a problem. Rob Lowe is really not great here. In fact, other than Swayze and maybe Jesse, the acting here was pretty atrocious across the board. Speaking of Jesse, I did not think much of her at first. In fact, we were derisively referring to her as a Hamilton 10, but she <laughs> but she really grew on me by the end of this one. I don't know. She, she brought something to this that I thought was good for that role. <laughs> I think Kyle pointed out rightly, though, that she's like the only female character other than Miss McGillis. So that's what it is. It's just like this scar- scarcity, position scarcity is making me like her more. There's yeah. two
1: women in this movie, and they both sleep with Rob Lowe immediately.
0: Well, I mean, I would assume a, a lot of women in real life have slept with Rob Lowe on, with very little warning or preamble. You know, so I don't know. Point <laughs> is, I thought she did a good job. <laughs> Uh, the uh the hockey scenes, as we mentioned, pretty fucking terrible. This is a very paint-by-numbers movie, I feel. But in terms of hitting the beats of the formula, I think they do it pretty well. So I'm not going to give this a 10 bat. I only have this as a 9. We're not going to be debating a whole lot about this one, I don't think. I actually have it a 9 as well. Um, I thought that the hockey was pretty rough. The speed was annoying. I thought the plot was way too straightforward and also that the relationships formed was uh, frustrating how quickly those things happened. Uh, some of the stereo- Canadian stereotypes and French Canadian Keanu uh, were certainly a problem for me too. And, and that might go more in my enjoyability, but I had this as a nine bad as well. Okay. Kyle, how about yourself? Special guest judge.
1: I think I'm a little bit nicer because I think it was only eight bad. As has already been discussed, the hockey on this is terrible. As I said earlier, it's almost like they don't really know how to play it. They're just like, oh, this would look cool to film, which makes sense. Um, I was disappointed in how bad the acting was. I don't know. I thought I was giving my boy Rob Lowe too much credit ahead of time. <laughs> yeah. He, uh, when they asked him to be sad, he's just like, I, I don't know how to do that. But then Swayze does pull everything together with his great scene. Um, it's really long for how short it is. And what I mean by that is like, it's a, the runtime is really long, but they skip over so much stuff. Like it feels like it was a three hour movie that they cut down to an hour and 50 minutes. And that's why you miss out on like, how did this relationship form or this relationship form? But in general, I mean, it's, it's a bad 80s sports movie and it could have been about any sport. Yeah, for sure. Without really changing the plot a whole lot, actually.
0: Definitely. Now, Kai, you've got to go first to this next one. How enjoyable did you have this movie on a scale of one to 10?
1: Oh, this is a nine for me. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it very much.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, It's shocking. I've never seen this before, to be honest with you, as someone that, likes hockey and has seen a lot of these types of movies. I've never seen Youngblood, which was kind of a hole in my in my collection. Um, it was campy and silly, but it was enjoyable. And I mean, you knew what was going to happen a mile away. I mean, I could have written the script probably right now, but I, I'd i watch it again.
0: Okay, not bad. Noel, you're usually the harshest critic when it comes to uh, rewatch factor. What do you got here? <laughs> um, So I left a lot. I don't think it's stuff I was supposed to. I think some maybe I was, a little <laughs> I was supposed to, but there was a lot of shit in here that was pretty hilarious. Despite it having extra stuff that was unnecessary, I did feel it was reasonably paced. There wasn't a ton of dragging. Uh, only when he was going through, Rob Lowe was doing his dramatic sad parts, was I like, this needs to move. Um, but otherwise, it seemed pretty good. The female characters in this were um, not well written for women, but enjoyable for men. I guess I might say. And so it's your veiled way of saying they that her tops off. That's what he said. <laughs> yeah. I didn't see Miss Go with her top off, but yeah, yeah,
1: didn't she? You're the only person who didn't. In yeah. The I was going to you know, say oh, maybe, definitely. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, there were some really banger songs, mostly in the intro and the outro. There were some weird sounds, sound and music choices at other times, but the, the 80s songs in here were quite good. I love montages. There was a bit of that in there. All of those like sweaty, foggy hockey scenes kind of felt montage to me too. So Overall, I I did not at all regret watching it. Whether I watched it or not, again, I probably won't choose to independently, but if it's on, I would certainly watch it with others. I had this as a seven enjoyable. Yeah, that's very reasonable. I think you guys have both made some great points. I enjoyed watching this too. I think I would watch this again. I laughed a lot as well. Uh, I already mentioned uh, I... Thought Swayze did a good job. Uh, I liked the Jesse character. The coach was actually really entertaining to me. Like as the movie went along, he kept having more stuff to do that was making me laugh. I like that actor too. Ed Louder is his name. He's been in a bunch of stuff, and he's uh, I think you, I think Kyle, you referred him as like the the poor man's Craig T. Nelson. Yeah, his knockoff Nelson. Yes, <laughs> he does. <laughs> it does. I mean, you could see Craig T. Nelson seamlessly filling that role, but I enjoyed him. Um, the song that plays over the end credits, "Stand in the Fire," we decided it was called, was pretty fucking great. My only complaint with that is why didn't they use that for the montage? Like that would have been a perfect fucking montage song while he's training with his brother and dad. But whatever. Uh, I don't know, man. Like a fun, a fun little ride. And uh, so I actually, I'm in between you guys. I have it as an eight, enjoyable, fun to watch it together. I feel like we had some laughs. That was a good experience for me. And uh, speaking of good experiences, what do you guys think of this beer? Maybe I'll go first here. I hadn't had it before. I think I'm the only one of the two of you uh i crushed it really easy to drink really smooth uh refreshing i could see where this would be excellent after a hockey game i i think that this would be something that you could fill that sort of case of ice and just crush a couple of these after the game yeah Kyle, how about you
1: uh, i'm a little bit biased because i've got some history with it but it's it's as you said it's very crushable i finished mine already um i've it's not the first one i've had yeah um but yeah it's, it's really easy to drink it's light it it is something that bodes very well for like warm weather or after a sporting event where you're just looking for something that's gonna quench your thirst.
0: Yeah, or if you ever wanna have more than one, this is a good, like I've had multiple of these in an evening, like no problem, clean, crisp. It's what I expect a lager to taste like. And I really, really hope that it comes back in whatever incarnation it comes back in. So keep an eye out for either post-game brewing something or locker room lager or, you know, hopefully they're back with a vengeance and, uh, you know, we can enjoy some more in the future. Hey, speaking of back with a vengeance, Next week is our 100th episode and our season finale. So we're going to be back with the vengeance covering in my mind, one of the shittiest sequels ever, Indiana Jones and the kingdom of the crystal skull. (laughs) Oh fuck. So this is one of those movies I have seen and I I remember seeing it in theater. I remember walking away pretty fucking horrified by what I experienced. So mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting. I have not watched this since it came out. When was it? Like 15 years ago? 2008. I think it was literally 15 years ago. Yeah. So that that is going to be a treat to go back and visit that again. That's uh, <laughs> going to be a <laughs> treat? I don't know about that. I remember some fucked up shit with the fridge. And that's kind of the only thing oh that sticks with God, me. But dude. we'll see how it goes. Yeah. I, 15 years. And so, so timely because the sequel to this shitty sequel, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny is literally opening in like two weeks. So we are getting this thing in at the perfect time, a very appropriate big movie disaster for our 100th episode. Uh, We hope you will join us for that next week. Want to say a big thank you to our special guest, Kyle, for being here with us today. Kyle, thanks for showing up. Thanks for having me, guys. That was fun. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Thank you for being here. Uh, If you have not already, please follow us on social media at the BMB podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Feel free to also send us emails, thebmbpodcast at gmail.com. We love hearing from you as we head into our break. Uh, after our 100th episode, we are going to be planning for season four. So please do send some requests out there for movies and/or beers or the combination of both. Absolutely. And join us next week for our 100th episode celebration. Until then, I'm Cooper. And I'm Nolan. And we'll see you next time on Bad Movies and Beer. Miss McGill. Riding them, yum. Oh my God. The ice. The fire the fight to be the best.